pockets of a beer or a cold libation. Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme. I went and took a call from brother Jason, and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast, and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start off with some talking and some movie clips and popcorn fighting, fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation, kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxings, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the box come on, contest and of course you know it's all about games. That's a slowdown, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG Variety Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. Today, I have a short show for you. We're going to play some listener calls. Before we do that, I want to comment on some recent deaths. So we talk about, you know, you watch the Clint Eastwood Dirty Hearing movie, The Deadpool. And in that movie, they talk about how celebrities die in threes. But, you know, recently we've had a lot more than that, right? We've had Gilbert Godfrey. We've had Dennis Waterman. We've had um, Neil Adams. We've also had George Perez, another wonderful comic book artist and writer. And just and we've also, the same day George Perez died, Patricia McClip died. I might be saying that wrong. M-C-K-I-L-L-I-P. She was a fantasy author. And actually, I don't think she made Appendix N, but she made Mulvey's version of Appendix N. So if you go to you know, the Mulvey Basic D&D game of the BX, the basic version of BX. She's listed in there as one of the inspirational authors. And her most famous thing, I think, would probably, I don't know, her, I guess the Riddle Master trilogy is her most famous thing. She she did some other, she did the Signet series. Um, she did some other works. Um, but the Forgotten Beasts of Eld, things like that. But yeah, the Riddle Master trilogy is probably her most famous thing. But she is a, you know, an amazing female fantasy author, you know, from back in the day. And she was young too, you know, 74. And a lot of these folks are were pretty young. I mean, Perez was even younger than that, right? I mean, Perez had been fighting, you know, cancer for a long time. But he was only 67 when he passed. Um, so yeah, he, he had pancreatic cancer, unfortunately, but yeah, so unfortunately it, it just goes back to that. If you have a family member that you haven't spoken to for a while, you need to reach out and talk to them. And if you have a creator or somebody that, that you're into and you have a chance to go see them at a convention, go do it because our, our heroes and the people that inspire us and our family members are you know, they're unfortunately they, they die before we get a chance to spend time with them. So make time to go hang out with your heroes and your family and do those things because these folks are unfortunately they're you know they're not long for this world. It's sad. Um so let's get a little more positive than that. Let's talk about some calls that I've got. The first call is from Colin Green of the Spike Pit Podcast and YouTube channel, and he is taking the piss. Now, if you haven't heard that term before, I'm sure all, almost all my listeners have heard taking the piss. It's it 
it's basically the same thing as what we Americans would say. I'm just fucking with you. Well, that's what taking the piss means. But did you all, did you know that another version of that is taking the Mickey or taking the Mick or taking the Michael? Those are other terms that mean the same thing as taking the piss or I'm fucking with you. So I, I didn't know the taking the Mickey thing, which is interesting. But but that's pretty much what Colin's doing with me in this first call. So so I'm going to cut over to him now. All right, Chase. Well, I was going to call into your show, but apparently I'm not allowed or you would prefer me not to make personal attacks on your callers. Well, fair enough. Um, so I will refrain from talking about um, folks speaking in absolutes and telling me I'm having bad, wrong fun and maybe suggesting, you know, exactly what it is that I'm looking for when I RPG. And do you know what? I wouldn't dream of doing anything like that and, and calling that into you at all. No, no. But in case you do air my message that hasn't really got a lot to say, I mean, I would just like to thank you, the host, for taking a bit of time out of your day to play my calling. <laughs> so I think the caller that used some absolute language, I kind of made clear that that wasn't okay, but their calls are welcome. They had some interesting ideas, definitely. But yeah, we, we definitely don't want to say that other people are having bad, wrong fun in most cases. As far as the last part of Colin's call there, he, you know, he always signed off with the idea of thank you for taking a time out of your day to listen to my show. And I've kind of picked up and started doing that with my show, but I don't always credit Colin is where I get that. So that last part there was, you know, taking the piss at me, which is totally valid. Okay, next up we have Joe of the Hindsightless Podcast. Yo, Jason, just getting into the episode, uh, listening to your Reaver recap, and I, I, my first call of the day, I'm sure there will be more, is to say that, yeah, y- you mispronounced my character's name. It's not Wolfgar, it's Wolfgar. There's an L in there, man. <laughs> Wolf. Say it with me. Wolf. All right, dude. I'm not saying peace out, because there are probably going to be more. Wolfgar. Okay, so here's my second call. If they really, talking about the Marvel playtest, if they really wanted to increase the hype of it, they wouldn't charge for it. The reason they're charging for it is because they're making money on a thing that won't be any good in a little while because it's just a playtest. There's no reason to charge for a playtest. That doesn't make any sense. It's like, here's this thing that's not finished yet. Why don't you go ahead and pay for it? And then in a little bit, it won't be worth anything anymore. So yeah, it's not a collectible. It's 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 ridiculous to charge for a play test. Anyway, back to the show. Okay, so here's my third call. I did not pay for my Pathfinder play test. I didn't obtain it illegally or anything. It was free as far as I know. I, I never saw anything about paying for it anywhere. So I don't know if Carl had to pay for it. I don't know who was charging. Maybe Paizo, but I certainly didn't come across that. All right, back into it. Yo, dude, so me again, a little more on the Marvel playtest. Carl mentioned that the playtest was having variant covers and then trying to say it's not just a cash grab. Um, Variant covers are nothing but a cash grab for the comic book company. 
the artists, the writers, they don't get extra money for the variant covers. That just goes to the corporation. Like, there's a few comic book YouTube channels I watch, and it's pretty much standard that most people in the industry hate variant covers and the fact that a comic book cover a comic book will come out with like 10 different variant covers that's bad for the industry and the fact that a playtest has variant covers that's just silly all those calls from joe about the marvel multiverse playtest and i've talked about that on this show and we've talked about it on cerebrivore in a bonus episode there's a link in the show notes check that out it's a panel discussion podcast great discussions over there and Joe, in fact, is in some of those discussions. So definitely check out Cerebrivore. But as far as the Marvel thing goes, yeah, I don't know. I didn't buy or wasn't given the Pathfinder 2 playtest. I wasn't involved in that. So I don't know if that was free. I, I hear you say it was free. I hear Carl say he paid for it. I don't know. And to be honest, I'm not going to research it. Marvel's definitely not the first playtest that people have had to pay for, but I know personally I would feel better paying for a playtest if I knew that I would get a discount on the final book when it was done. But who knows? I have read that the on some in some areas of the internet, maybe Reddit, maybe some other places, that there are reps from Marvel that are paying attention to the feedback from the playtest. And if that's true, that's great. I don't know that for sure because I don't get on those places, but hopefully that is the case and hopefully we'll see something that's been updated due to some feedback from the players, but who knows. Now, that's not the end of Joe's calls. He has another call, and if you notice some background noise there, it's because he's been sitting in the airport waiting for a flight to get to his mother's for Mother's Day. All right, so your show's over, so this will be my last one. You mentioned that you didn't know if it was GMs not wanting, wanting to run sci-fi, and for me it is. I, I don't have very much interest in running sci-fi. I'd play in a sci-fi game, but I, I really don't want to run a sci-fi game. Yeah, and I, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I've just never been all that into science fiction. I prefer fantasy better, and that's just really what it boils down to. So... Yeah, I don't know, man. But great show, interesting stuff. Lots of lots of fun stuff for me to talk about. And I'm still at the airport. Peace out. The good news is Joe did get out of the airport. He did get to his mom's. So that's a good thing. He might be stuck in an airport on the way back home when you listen to this. I don't know. Uh, I do know the last few times I've flown, I've been stuck in the airports as well. So it just makes me want to drive instead of fly these days. As far as fantasy and sci-fi, I don't know, man. I'm very happy to run sci-fi. In fact, I almost would rather run a sci-fi game than a fantasy game, personally. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what the disconnect there is or why we have all these people that are say they're interested in sci-fi games, but fantasy games are the, you know, the most played games. I really don't know the answer to that. But speaking of things that happen in fantasy games, we have a call from Carl Rodriguez of the Geomologist Presents podcast. And he's going to respond to a call from Taylor of Cleric Square Ringmail last episode where Taylor was a little bit sarcastic, 
kind of responding to the same call that Carl, that Carl, that Colin called into at the beginning of the show. So let's hear what Carl has to say. Taylor's comment made me roll on the floor laughing. Well, actually, while I'm here lifting um, some dumbbells, made me really laugh. And uh, no tears to the eyes, but <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with counting arrows and keeping track of torches, man. I mean, it's survival, resource management. Dungeon crawls to me, it's kind of a little bit survivalist. And it's kind of, and it's fun for me, honestly, to... Uh, we're getting down to our last torch when it goes dark. Are those eyes we see in the bushes or around the corner at the edge of our light going to get us now? I mean, they come out mostly at night, right? Mostly. So Carl ended there with the Aliens reference. And I do have, of course, the Aliens role-playing game if he ever wants to be in that. And the Aliens role-playing game, of course, is not the Alien role-playing game from Free League, but Aliens was done by Leading Edge Games, and it's based on Phoenix Command. It's a simplified version of Phoenix Command. I have the board game as well, if you ever want to try to figure out a way to play the board game online. I'll be happy to do that. But let's get back to this idea of torch. Actually, before we talk about torches and all, you talked about survivalist. And two things popped to my mind when you say that. And I'll, one is the 1983 movie, The Survivors, with Robin Williams and Walter Matthau. And uh, with honorable mention Jerry Reed in there as well. And I really like The Survivors. It's not a, gr it's not a great movie by any means, but there are parts in there that make me chuckle. And it kind of, you know, takes the piss at, at the whole idea of survivalism, as does... The other thing, which is linked in the show notes, and that is the Key and Peele sketch about survivalists. If you, Key and Peele was one of my favorite shows. I love those guys. And, of course, we have a movie coming out later this year, Nope, that I'm really looking forward to. Um, who would have thought that you, you know somebody coming out of that comedy sphere would make such amazing horror movies? But we think about us when we think about Get Out. These are amazing movies. They really are. I love them. And I haven't seen that. I, I believe that. I know they talked about doing an Us TV show. I haven't watched it if it's already out. But the movie was great. Um, and Nope looks really good. I can't wait to see that. But if you haven't seen the Key and Peel Survivor skit or Survivalist skit, check it out. There's a link in the show notes. It, it is well worth your time. So that said, Let's talk about counting torches and arrows and all that stuff. I'm fine counting bullets and beans. Although even Carl admits in a call into a previous show that when he tracks food in his Twilight 2000 game, they use usage dice. They don't count actual units of food. They use usage dice and abstract it. So I personally, I think bullets are, and arrows are good things to track one by one, actually track them. I think food and water is good to use the usage die for. I think torches, so the number of torches you have, yes, you could track them, actually track them, you know, where you're marking off ticks. But I think the length of torch burns should be a usage die because I think there should be some mystery in when that torch is going to blow out. And are you going to risk have, Are you going to risk going in the dark in the middle of a combat encounter 
and, and you, you know what I mean? So that way maybe you're going to use those resources faster because you're not going to risk it going out. When it gets down to that D4 usage dial, you immediately light another torch as opposed to being in the dark. So I think there's something there. Um, I, I really do. But for the most part, I don't mind tracking ammunition and all. There, there are probably ways to incorporate the usage die in combat where you roll them with your attack roll. And if you roll, you, you know, if you get, are down to a D4 in the usage die and you roll one or two, then when you reach for that arrow, it's not there. But for the most part, I kind of think that usage die are more useful for the length of torches burning where the length of spell effect goes because I like unpredictable magic or, you know, how long a, a disease lasts or something like that. I, I think that's where user die really, really come into their own. But Carl, thank you so much for that call. And with that, we're going to close the show out. This is going to be a short show, and that's a good thing. I do want to plug my May contest. You have till 25th of May. Call in. Let me know which Nicolas Cage movie you think would make a good RPG module and why you think it would make a good module. If you want to nominate a system to run it with, that's fine. You don't have to. You can leave a message on Anchor on your phone. You can go to my the website that's linked to in the show and leave a message there. You can leave a message at my email, nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. If you attach an audio file, I'll play it on there and make you famous. You can also reach out to me on a variety of discords. Everybody that enters... I will put their name in a hat, and I'm going to draw out one name, and that'll be the winner. It's going to be a random winner. All entries I receive, I'll play in the award show, or I'll read out loud if it's a, you know, not an audio entry. And the winner is going to get a $20 drive-through RPG gift certificate and $20 donated to the charity of their choice with minor limitations on the charities. I'm looking for things like food banks and children's hospitals and cancer research. There are some more political charities that I'm not going to get involved with. So I'd prefer if you pick like a local food bank or children's hospital or a charity, you know, cancer research, something like that is what I'd prefer to donate to. Um, yeah. So thank you so much, all my callers. I really appreciate it. I appreciate Ray Otis who did the coffee cup clip art. He is reading through the daily Dracula entries with me. Dracula, as you know, is done in a series of letters. And we currently are up to, well, as I record this, May 11th, which is a letter from Lucy to Mina. But you can still catch up. We're not that deep into the book. You can, I'll put a link in the show notes where you can sign up and they'll email you each letter each day. You can also, if you go and search on like Apple Podcasts or other place on the net, you can find audible versions of the book. And you can listen to each letter each day if you want to listen instead of read them. But th there's lots of options out there for Dracula. Check it out. Um, it's a very interesting novel. And it, it's very, it works really well if you just read each day's letter at a time. Um, unlike some other things, it, it actually works really well that way. I think that's all I have to talk about today. I, like I say, I want to keep this kind of short. In Oh, I want to thank T.J. Drennan for the music. And I want to thank Colin for kind of giving me permission to use his thank you to all the listeners for taking time out of your day. Um, so I'll keep using that, of course, and I always appreciate calls. But I'll change my outro. What should it be? You guys let me know what my outro should be. Is it going to be be excellent to one another, or is it going to be love, peace, and chicken grease? 
I'm okay with either one. Um, both those are, 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 are pretty righteous outros. So with that, I'm going to let you go. I know this has just been a kind of a nothing episode other than answering some calls. Been really busy at work. I will get you a real episode out this weekend. So take care, folks, and I will talk to you soon. Joke about your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some. There is a dustman in your moilers by the tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world is gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck